Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, February 8, 2024. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a blip on the screen. Today's day, you can hardly see the activity was so light. It was a very, very light volume, low participation day. You can look at the volume candle down here, and you see as the crosshair goes across to the left, you can see there's not many days that have been this light of volume. There's only a handful, maybe two or three total of what we could see on the chart. That's a quick and dirty indication of how light and low participation today was. The question is, what are they waiting on? They're playing games with SPX 5000. They hit it basically around the closing bell today. It's nothing other than a psychological number finishing at 4997.92 or spot 92 if you're from the trading parlots. But there's no magic to 5000 other than a psychological level. And oh, by the way, and I did tune in a little bit this afternoon to the TV show on over on CNBC. It's all they could talk about was SPX 5,000, 5,000, 5,000 all afternoon long. It's almost like they were waiting for the earnings to come for SPX 5,000. It's almost in the ridiculous camp. Let's get down to business. The trend is your friend. Forget about today's activity. There was none. It's a blip on the screen. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. She is a little bit extended from home base. However, home base is moving up. It's moving up in the northern direction. Each and every day, home base moves up with price. So even as price edges higher, they're basically staying the same away on a relative basis from home base or the 20-period moving average. And yes, in case you were wondering, I'm looking for a top. I'm looking for not a necessarily long-term, collapse them down, crash the market type of top. I'm looking for a correction. I'm looking for a short-term top. I'm looking for a turn. It was like yesterday, today, maybe leaking into tomorrow, maybe overnight, maybe you get a gap down. Maybe nothing happens and they continue to grind up and that's certainly on the board as a possibility. We're looking for a turn. That doesn't mean we guess in advance of a turn and take a trade because I might be looking for a turn. Capiche? I'm looking for signs and signals of a trend change. Where do you find those? Right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. Look at this activity on a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see here on a five-minute chart, the total range was nowhere today. Question, were there any trades today in the live room? Answer, yes, there were. About from where? Well, we had a short for some traders. We had a long for some traders. Where was the long? From a pivot. What did they do with the pivot? They found support at the pivot. It's by design. We'll get back to that later. By the way, if you made money in the live room today, put it under the video. Let's hear about it. Show our wares. I think today it makes some sense to look around at a bunch of different time frames as it relates to the SPY, just to get a sense for what's going on under the covers. Is everything as it seems it may be? But we want to make sure we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. 
Well, we know about the weekly chart. There's nothing wrong there. They continue to either stay the same slash grind higher. There's been no material change on the weekly chart. Now, the daily chart we just looked at, very narrow day today, not a lot of activity. They're above all the moving averages. Trend is your friend. They're grinding higher in a melt-up operation. Fair enough. Today happens to be, write this down, an on-time type of situation. Let me repeat that. Today happens to be an on-time type of situation from a daily chart perspective. And guess what? It's also around my short-term turn situation. We don't know that's going to be a fact. I'm looking for a turn. What's the half-day slash 240 chart look like? Looks like a bull flag pattern, period, full stop. Slice it in half. What's the 120-minute chart look like? It looks like a bull flag. What's the hourly chart looks like? How about a bull flag? You get the picture? You got a bunch of bull flags. Now, here's the thing. It's one of those, but wait, there's more. It's one of those, not everything is always as it seems. So you have to take some of this with a grain of salt. So let's go back just to narrow it down to a 120-minute chart and say, all right, so you got a bull flag. You're at all-time highs. Eventually, at all-time highs, one of these times, the market will fail. It will start a corrective move. That's a fact. We just don't know from exactly where and what time it starts. We can only do our analysis ahead of time doing the best work we can, but she's going to do it on her time. We all know that. So the thing is, one of these bull flags that she keeps making as she climbs up to new all-time highs, you don't see bull flags on every single chart, but you see them on a lot of different charts all over the place. As the market stair steps its way up, one of them will do what? Repeat after me. One of them will be a rug pull, trap door, failure type event. The bear flag, pardon me, bull flag won't work out. The market will go the other way and she'll start the selling pattern. We don't guess in advance. We wait for what? You got it. A sign and or signal of a trend change. What's going on inside the numbers? How about the early morning zero dark 30 commentary? Quiet session overnight. We don't need to discuss that. We'll start with what? How about the early pivot? 497.30. We have a pretty good idea what happens if they get below the pivot, but we've got a pivot to start the day with. 497.30. We're not going to worry about 496.05. Did not pay a visit to that today. Don't have to worry about it. What's the bull case above the pivot? 498.50. That's basically yesterday's high. You see it here. That's also coinciding with just short of in the neighborhood of where they spiked at the end of the day, SPX 5000, magnetic, big fat round number, play games with it, all that stuff. So we have our numbers. We have overhead resistance, 498.50. We have a pivot, 497.30. Let's start back with the chart. You see the blue line, 497.30. How you doing? So we had a couple things going on in the live room today. We had traders that buy in front of the pivot. We talk about splitting hairs over pennies. That's a trader's choice. You hear me say it all the time. Sometimes they come up short. Other times they spike them through. Not going to split hairs over pennies when I'm looking for dollars. Then what did we have? 
Well, we had the spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction, finally reach the pivot and go. So we had a trade in there. We call this one at times the double barrel trade, the play it again, Sam trade, the another bite out of the apple trade. Where's the target and overhead resistance? 498.50. Took all day to get there, but nonetheless, that was the target and overhead resistance. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. It's all in here, plus a lot more, so it would behoove. Look that one up. It would behoove you to read the notes and double check the work because there's a lot of information in here. Not going to regurgitate it now. What we're talking about now is just that everything I just showed you was in here from a trading perspective today. Not to mention, we had a list of stocks on the move today. We had PayPal, we had AZN, we had LITE. The other ones did not hit their price objectives. They're off the board. They went to somebody else's number, not mine. I don't want it. Let's start with the semi-shitburger today. And why do I call it a semi-shitburger? Because if you were in the live room, you pretty much did just fine with this one. One of those situations you can only handle in real time. But what they did was after slicing and dicing through everything, fought back to basically the third number and then was summarily rejected again for the rest of the day. PayPal came into its number at 56.06, pardon me, 56 even, and it just kind of ricocheted off of it, giving you the base hit. But certainly we're not interested in a stock that comes in in a creeping formation. The lesson here is, other than light from before, just the other stock, the numbers work. Once in a while, it's not going to work, and we know that. That's the business. But we see how many of them do work. It's like I tell traders in the live room every day, just about. We talk about, with new people there, with people struggling with trading, just showing up for the first time, I talk about the business. I say, look. We're going to lose trades. It's going to happen. You're going to lose swing trades. You're going to lose day trades. You're going to lose scalp trades. You're going to lose trades. That's part of the business. You can't avoid that. However, we're going to win most of the trades. And that is a true statement. One of the biggest things that traders learn how to work through in the live room is managing through a trade not to be so quick trigger finger to take profit for a nickel or a quarter or a dollar or whatever it is, how to hold a trade. There are methods, there are strategies that we use to squeeze more out of the trade. Not all of them will give you more, but some of them give you a rocket ride and I teach certain strategies how we can take advantage and be on said rocket rides. There's a lot of valuable lessons in the live room, by the way. And by the way, please comment under the video if you're a live room participant, do you learn lessons every day in the live room? What is the value of those lessons? Please let the folks listening, wondering, know what you've experienced. By the way, trying to get a little external communication going using X slash the former Twitter. I had a Twitter account for a long time. I use it a little bit, but I want to use it more. I want to get real valuable information out there on a regular basis. So if you would go to my Twitter account, it's twitter.com or x.com forward slash market forecast, not spelled out. It's M-K-T-F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. 
It's all over the place. It's in my emails. It's on the website. It's all over the place. You can find it pretty easily. If you're a user of X, sign up and you'll get my information that I'm putting out. I plan to accelerate the information. Back to the stocks on the move. AstraZeneca opened below the number. It ripped it back up and you could see what happened the rest of the day. So officially, it's a no trade by opening below the number. I have my personal rules, if you will. I have a process that I follow, that I teach. But if for nothing else, the numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? How about relative strength? Been talking about this. One and a half percent up against the SPY that was flat-ish. My favorite market-leading indicator above all the moving averages, the trend is, in fact, your friend. And look at this, the market trending down, the volume trending down. All of a sudden, the market starts trending up. This is the first uptick in volume that we've had since the market found the bottom. Don't know if that's a definitive sign of anything. I'm looking around the horn for information that most people don't necessarily recognize or look for. They're all puzzle pieces to me, small, large, medium. They're all important. You just don't know which ones are going to be more important when and which ones connect to what. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Buttigieg's crew. Up four-tenths of a percent. Relative strength against the SPY. My two favorite market-leading indicators, the IWM or the Russell and the Transportation average, the DJT, both having up days. Guess what? Favorite canary in the coal mine, transports. Above all the moving averages, trend is your friend. They're not at new highs, but they're beating on the former highs, the recent highs. There's a near-term target for the DJT, 16,320. How about the semi-equivalent in the IYT? The charts don't look the same, but 27436 Put that one on a sticky note. Put it on your chart if you want. IYT, which is the exchange-traded fund that tracks the DJT, 274.36, is a near-term target. What's going on for the Q people? Up 80 cents today, two-tenths of a percent, grinding higher. There's really no change. There's no new information on this chart. It's just a 20-cent grind, 80-cent grind higher from yesterday. That's it. XLF, small movement today, down 15 cents. Above all the moving averages, she's fine. We're not going to make a federal case out of a 15-cent pullback. Bigger picture, there's no material change on the chart. $40.80 is a target, as is $40.10. That's a near-term target. It's a closer target. It's a target. About Smash Mouth up 1.42% today, $2.80, grind higher, a little bit extended from home base, expect the pullback coming soon. They got to 200 today, basically a big fat round number, maybe they spike it up a little bit, but they're going to run out of steam here pretty soon. They didn't do it on what we call conviction in the trading business, they did it on light volume, no institutional participation slash Conviction. Wait, that's the weekly volume. I take that back. I wouldn't call this conviction, but I was looking at the wrong chart. Back to the daily chart. It's an uptick in volume. Not tremendous. It's just a grind 
higher. They needed to get to 200, big fat round number, no surprises, no shockers. That's just how the market works. It's a psychological number, very similar, almost the same as SPX 5000. It's not exactly the same in terms of relative importance from a psychological perspective, but you get the concept. Ask and I shall receive Bitcoin chart. Here's a quick take on my two next targets on the upside if they continue to rise, 46, 360. And then this one was on the board before, 50,715, not 7, 715. Take a look at the 10-year just for kicks. This is the yield. Remember this? Isn't this where we bought bonds when yields were rising, when everybody thought they were going to keep going higher for longer and all that stuff? Bunch of nonsense, bunch of malarkey. We bought bonds, we sold them here, the easy money was made, now they're building some kind of a wedge pattern, and you could simply say, looking at the weekly chart, as long as they stay below the 20 period moving average, this could be a bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of thing going on, and until you get above and stay above this breakdown candle high, which is 4.295, this is in yield, so rising yield is lower bond prices, Lower yield is higher bond prices. What yields going in a bearish formation tell you is that the market may believe that yields will be driven lower, well, artificial or not, Fed-induced or not, doesn't make a difference. That's what the chart is saying. Until or unless we can use a quick benchmark for now, saying if they get above that 20-period moving average. There's a quick take in the bond market slash yield market. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.